0: It's that time of the year where we always bust out a podcast. Going solo today, but we ask our producer, Eric Teffer, to get that music going, yeah? Batista with the catch! Sorrentine! Hit that one for the parking lot! It's Noggle! Ah! Oh, ah! Oh, ah! Oh! Here's for but Ash for three! Heartbreak City. Ha ha! All right, enough. Cut the damn music, Taffer. Shut it down, Taffer style. What's up? Let's break down the madness, shall we? It is that time of the year. It always brings the chatter back out of uh, hiatus. Sometimes it's three-month hiatus. Other times, like now, I think it's been about two years since we've posted a podcast at this point. But good to be with you. I'm Chuck Walter. I've often said this, if you don't like March Madness, and I mean hate March Madness, like if you are one of those people out there that doesn't really watch sports and March Madness is whatever, it's background music to, if you're in the Midwest, you know, maybe the weather getting a little bit warmer, you're like, I like this time of the year. It, it brings up good vibes. A lot of times it was during spring break or something along those lines or a fun event in college, like a fest season at my school, Ohio University. So maybe you associate that. But if you are one of those people out there and look, I, I live in a professional sports market now after years and years of covering collegiate sports, and people don't really care that much about it out here. However, I st- I think they still get up for the tournament. I, I don't see how you can passionately dislike the tournament. Like, if to me, if you don't like March Madness, with all due respect, how do I put this nicely? You're a loser! You're an absolute loser. What, the, the product isn't good? Dude, there were just... There were three buzzer beaters in the last 45 minutes. Hell, there were three buzzer beaters going on at the same time. Like, literally, you could have three TVs in front of you, three for the win. It's gone! On the right side, the runner. Got it! I mean, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. It's it's a beautiful thing, whether you just fill out the brackets, whether you're an absolute degenerate and love to gamble, or if it's just background music while you're talking to some friends and you enjoy last-second shots and upsets and... The dream is still alive here in that phrase. It's real because if you're in the dance, you got a chance for that March magic had to uh, had to throw out the cliche there. You know, John Rothstein's fired up right now. He'll sleep in May. I love that guy. Hysterical uh, during the election a few years back, Trump and Biden during the most intense time. The timeline was just all about the election. If you don't have anything to say about the election, stay off of Twitter. There's no reason for a sportscaster to have anything else going on during this election. Literally the entire timeline. And I follow a lot of sports people. John Rothstein gets on there right in the smackdown middle of it as the Republicans are coming out and saying, no, they took it from us. Rothstein comes out and says, John Jacobs has transferred to Marist from Elon, averaged 4.3 points per game as a sophomore. Love. The guy, I love him. The dedication is great. You know he's jazzed up right now. Um, I mean, his his wife just has to get so annoyed with Rothstein from time to time. He tweets out, and some of it may be shtick. It may be slightly over the top. I find it hard to believe that you know seven different players' statistics and tendencies from 360 different teams. I don't even know if there's that many teams in Division One, but literally, like, I feel like he's the type of guy you could see at a bar and be like, hey, John, can you break down Sacred Heart's perimeter defense for me? And he'd do it. He'd do it. I feel like part of it is shtick, though. But anyways, he, he always tweets out, I'd rather see a game at VCU than go to Rome. How do you think his wife feels about that? VCU George Mason. All right, so let's break it down. Um, actually, I have two different brackets in front of me. One's the ESPN, one's the CBS Sports. I filled them out about 15 minutes apart from each other, and I got two completely different Final Fours. Let's start with the one I filled out first. That was CBS. I went with Alabama, Purdue, Miami, and UCLA. A little more chalky, and then Miami found the mix somehow. And then I fill one out a few minutes later with basically filling it out as I'm talking to someone so their, their influence gets to me slightly I went from Miami going to the Final Four to losing to Drake. They lost to Drake in this bracket. Uh, Second bracket, the Final Four is Arizona, Marquette, Texas A&M, and Gonzaga with the national champion, Gonzaga. So two completely different brackets, and that's where I'm going to talk you through things, figure out where the best value is. And, I mean, you can't be smart about this stuff. Let's get real. You You could pick based off a mascot and win this thing. But the years that I have won, and that is included last year, I picked two of the Final Four, and I picked the national champion. Last year, Villanova and Kansas were my saving graces. You get a couple of those, and you can win this entire thing. But let's break it down, starting with Bama, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Hey, congrats on making the tournament for the first time ever, Corpus Christi. You're gone. See ya. Bama wins. Maryland, West Virginia. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Let's, let's be honest with you. I have a life. I'm covering the Warriors right now, getting ready for Giant season. I don't watch Maryland-West Virginia games. I see Huggy out of the corner of my eye in the sports department every once in a while sitting down on his stool. So I know Huggy's still there. Um, and I know Stevenson's a nice player. And I know they're pretty good at home. However, I'm just going to fade the money here, basically. I'm going to fade the bet percentage, the public. Um, it's coming in for West Virginia. I think it's kind of a coin flip. When I see that, I'm going to go with the numbers and say, hey, you know, Vegas wins more than they lose. I'm going to go ahead and be in, on Vegas' side, and I'm just going to take Maryland. It's a straight-up game. Sure. Uh, let's not waste your time and talk anymore about that one. Maryland wins, and regardless, they lose to Alabama. So Bama to the Sweet 16 out of the top quadrant in the uh, – we only even have regions on this bracket, do we? Oh, no, that's the South. ESPN's got it. Um, So, we move down to the 512. San Diego State and Charleston. Now, this is interesting. I start out breaking this one down by saying, I hate the Mountain West. I hate picking a Mountain West team, because every time I do, unless I've forgotten a time, I feel as if they fail me. San Diego State has failed me in years past, whether I pick against them or pick them. Boise State, I feel like, failed me just a year or two ago. Utah State's one that always fails me. Colorado State will make it, and I feel like they're always in the six, eleven, and I picked them wrong. I cannot handicap the Mountain West. However, I'm just using facts here in the research that I have, and it's quite a bit. I watch San Diego State a bit. San Jose State was in my my backyard, a.k. an hour away. This is a massive market, but we cover them. So I watch San Diego State a bit. Here's what I know about them. 10th tournament team since 2010 for the Aztecs. They're balanced. Uh, They haven't really played anyone, or have they? They're 0-2 against the top 25, but their schedule somehow is 7th in the country in terms of the strength. And that just goes to show you that I think people value the Mountain West. The computers value the Mountain West a little more than Chuck Walter over here. They shot at 35% from deep. They're solid. They defend. Charleston on the other side, they scored a ton. Well, San Diego State defends, and they defended a top ten schedule according to the computers. Charleston's been playing uh, not good teams, to say the least. Over their last four, they played Stony Brook twice and Towson twice. Woo-hoo! And I know people love Pat Kelsey; he's a sensey guy. But I, I just say don't overthink this one. Uh, the slight edge in bets and money is favoring Charleston, but the sharp action, a.k.a. the the, the bettors that lay down a lot of money and, and sometimes actually defeat Vegas, they're moving towards the Aztecs. And that line is five and a half, and I'm not saying play the spread, but I'm saying, hey, if the experts out there, the people that win money, are betting San Diego State to win by more than five, then I'm going to take them on the money line, which is what we do on the brackets, so I'll find my 12-5 somewhere else because there is, and I will state this, there has been at least one 12 over a five seed in 33 of the last 37 NCAA tournaments since the 1985 expansion. So you can find an upset somewhere. I just don't think that's going to be the one, and sometimes that, that determines a lot. You take a team going to the Sweet 16, I know uh, one of the burnings out there, there's about nine of them, I can't remember all their first names at this point, we got Matthew, and then we got a bunch of other Michaels, and Patricks, and Ericks, and Georges, and Toms, bunch of of burnings out there, but one of them, and it's Michael, shouts dude, Uh, he says he's going with Charleston deep into the tournament, good luck with that, you idiot, good luck, so, Yes, yeah, San Diego State wins that one. Alabama, led by super freshman Brandon Miller, their head coach Nate Oates, who John Rothstein calls my cousin Vinny for some reason. Are they magic grits? Um, Alabama, what they do is they attack the glass and they run you out of the gym. Athletic as hell, great in transition. We have Alabama advancing to the Elite Eight in every single bracket. Let's move down to that four thirteen and the 6-11. and 11. Let's start with Virginia Furman. Here's what I know. 90% of the money is in on Furman. And in my ESPN bracket, I originally took Furman. I had a buddy, Nate Ryan from CBS San Antonio hit me up. Apparently the only thing the dude does is watch collegiate hoops. Cause he knew way too much about Furman. And I, I picked his brain. Furman's one of the best scoring teams in the country. They score 82 a game, but they're not playing anyone. They score 82 a game, but they don't defend. Now, of the money on Furman. The sharp action is leaning towards UVA. I think Virginia on a route may be the sharp play here, and definitely on the money line. We're not asking Virginia to advance to the Final Four. I don't think that's happening. We're saying one game against Furman, a team that does not defend, has not seen competition like Virginia this season. Now, if Virginia gets down, it could be tough, but my reverse logic is, with Furman having not played anyone, Virginia's size and athleticism bothers them. Let's not forget, this is a good Virginia team. They're at 25-7 uh, and 7 on the season. Everyone's down on Virginia. is hurt, the Ohio transfer. And meanwhile, everyone's loving the story of Furman. They're a popular pick. Um, I'm just going with Virginia. I feel like it's the smart play here. They, uh, they get to the Sweet 16, beating a Mountain West team. We move down, Creighton, NC State. I, I-, I love Creighton right now. Big fan of what the Blue Jays bring to the table. They're undervalued. Plain and simple, they don't have injuries this season. They probably would have been a three or a four. They lost their star big, Ryan Cockbrenner, early in the uh, slate. Stunk without him. Lost every game for a month. May have been six or seven. uh, Definitely more than five. They could score, shoot the deep ball, hit from the free throw line. I did some scoreboard watching of NC State with one of our producers being a Wolfpack alum. They, they just kind of fizzled down the stretch, worked themselves into the bubble, have some good players, but Kevin Keats has never done anything in the tournament. There's nothing that points to NC State being that team that goes on a big run, but who knows? I'm taking Creighton. They get the winner of Baylor and the uh, Gauchos. Gauchos not good enough defensively to slow Baylor down, and if this game gets above you know, 68 points, you're taking Baylor. Gauchos aren't scoring with Baylor, so... Bears are a team that are a little bit slept on right now. I don't know what to think of them. That Creighton-Baylor game is going to be a high-scoring. You can take the over in that one. That's that's a game that's going to be played uh, with a point total probably of 150.5, and, and I would still be taking the over. That'll be electric. I'm taking Creighton in that game. I, I don't know how to gauge Baylor this year. I wouldn't be stunned if they made an Elite Eight run. I would not be stunned if they lost to Creighton. Interestingly enough, Arizona was the last Pac-12 team to win a title. That was back in 97. What, 26 years? Good lord. No one west of the Rockies has won in 26 years. That part of the bracket to me is kind of a crapshoot. I could see Baylor. I could, I could see Creighton. I could see Arizona. I could see Alabama. There are quite a few teams in there I could see making that run to the Final Four. But I'm going to go with Arizona over Alabama. Chalky, but I love what the Wildcats have done this season. Tubelis, Ballo, Courtney Ramy. Larson can ball, too. They have some players, 49% from the floor, 38% from deep. They can flat-out score the basketball. They can flat-out shoot it. Good luck in a shootout against them. Oh, and if you try to slow the pace, UCLA just tried to do that and play in the 60s in the Pac-12 championship, and Arizona beat the Bruins at their own game. So good luck right now with Arizona. They're an excellent team. Princeton's not beating them. Utah State is not beating them. I don't think Creighton beats them. Who's beating Arizona right now? Here's one of my uh, biggest contradictions from bracket to bracket, and I think I'm going to stick with my gut here. The smart move would be to take Purdue, who I had in the national championship as soon as I saw this bracket come out. I said, Oh, Purdue, I love Zach Eadie. Zach Eadie, seven foot four, the big man. Uh, He's fantastic, and if they're hitting threes, they're a tough team to beat. But I think we found out a kryptonite in that last game against Northwestern, and it's that they don't love the press. When teams press them, try to speed them up, that's when Purdue can struggle a little bit. Look at uh, Indiana and some teams they played this year that took them down. Memphis can do that. Memphis is a really good basketball team with a two-headed monster right now in Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Lawson. Penny's got them playing well. Eight-seed, They lost a few American games. That's the only reason why. They look more like a 6 to me. I think they could take down Purdue. So I'm taking Memphis. Due to the matchups, it's a one-game thing. Forget the numbers. I'm going Memphis in that game. Down the list, Duke and Oral Roberts. I think it's Duke. Now, Oral Roberts with, with Max, Mad Max, who torched the Buckeyes a few years ago, he's incredible. Real good shooting, real good scoring team, but I think Duke's length gets to him. I'm just... I'm sticking chalky right now. I sound like Obama or Barkley, but I'm going with the chalk early. It's going to get crazy on the other side. Just give me a second now. So Duke over Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, everyone's picking them. Sorry about it. Use your head here. The Dukies, they're hot. They've won nine in a row. Tennessee, Louisiana. I have different opinions. I think Tennessee's the most overrated team in the country. They feel like an eight seed to me. I just don't know how good Louisiana is, but hell. It's March. Let's take a waiver. The raging Cajuns are rolling on to the round of 32. They take down Tennessee, whose offense can get pretty stagnant, and that hurts you in March. Now, maybe Vesco V goes off for 25 points, and I'm eating crow, but let's go with Louisiana. Duke beats either team. Who cares? So it's Duke-Memphis in the Sweet 16. Let's move down to that 6'11", Kentucky-Providence. It's Bryce Hopkins. He was a uh, former Wildcat one of many that John Calipari didn't use in Lexington, and then they transfer on to their next school and are fantastic. You look at Johnny Juzang a few years back with UCLA, among many others. That's Bryce Hopkins right now for Providence, their leading scorer. But Kentucky, is uh, they're playing a lot better basketball. Who knows what's going on with Ed Cooley? I don't like a team in that spot right there, and I think Providence is, I, come on. I, I never trust the Friars. Fear the Friar. Yeah, right. Give me Kentucky. Moving on. Then Kansas State. They take down Montana State. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but the matchups are not great for Montana State. And quite frankly, Montana State does not seem good at all. That's the team that kind of scares you. That random team where you go through the schedule and the stats and the matchup, and you're like, this team doesn't have a shot. Kentucky, Kansas State. It's a rematch uh, between the 2000. I want to say 18 Sweet 16 when Kentucky had Shea Gilgis alexander Kansas State won that game, and Kansas State wins this one to move on to the Sweet 16. Even though Kentucky seems like they're coming in on a roll, I think they are who they've been all season. It's a really talented team that hasn't figured it out. They'll win a tournament game, but Kansas State's been really good all year. Don't overlook that. Again, we're we're going with chalk. Although I say that, and I just took Memphis to beat Purdue. So, maybe not. Michigan State-USC. Uh, what do we say, February, Izzo, Izzo, May, sure. We'll go with Michigan State, the seventh seed. Marquette and Vermont, don't overthink it. Marquette has been phenomenal this year. Marquette beats Kansas State in the Sweet 16. They match up with Duke, who took down Memphis in the Sweet 16. So they match up, the Golden Eagles do, with the Blue Devils in the Elite Eight, a five and a two, and it's Marquette, the second two seed, moving on. They are the East region representative. So we have Arizona and Marquette, half the bracket filled out, and we are 19 minutes into the show. Good Lord. Tournament's going to be starting soon. All right, other side, Midwest, Houston, Northern Kentucky. Hey, you're a great story, Northern Kentucky. Thanks for giving Cincinnati John Brannon. Houston, we don't have a problem. They roll. Iowa likes to win their games in the 80s, the 90s. No one's putting up 90 on Houston. It's not happening Iowa's going to have to win this game in the 60s, I would imagine. Let's back it up with a statistic. Iowa 1-7 in games they've scored in the 60s. Sure, Iowa comes in hot. They've won 9-10. of Houston's always hot. They don't lose games often. Houston advances. Drake and Miami, the five twelve. It's a conflicting pick here because I think the winner makes a run, and originally I had Miami. When I first saw the bracket, I said, oh, Miami, they're going to be that five seed that makes a run the more and more I thought about it it was all right they're that five seed that's going down early Drake one of the best shooting teams in the country a huge Cinderella trait to rely on in March Uh, the Bulldogs have won 27 games meaning they're confident three great shooters try to shut them all down and the MVC player of the year Miami those great offensively too so it's kind of that flip a coin I could easily see Miami winning it but I'll go with Drake here I need that upset, I need that 12-5, this is is going to be the only 12 I take, so I'll go with the Drake Bulldogs out of the Missouri Valley Conference to give me the 12-5 fix. They get the winner of Indiana-Kent State, the Flashes were my original upset pick because they're really good. Look at their schedule and who they played close in the out-of-conference. Lost to Houston by 5, Charleston by 2, Gonzaga by 7, they're legit good. Made some money on the Flashes this year. Very solid. But I'm going to go with Indiana. Think they're the better team. I love it. Drake then stuns Indiana. I mentioned that Drake was a good shooting team. Indiana struggled against those types of teams this year. Iowa beat them twice. Kansas and Arizona whooped them. Uh, So Drake gets Houston, and Drake loses. So the Houston Cougars to the Elite Eight. This next quadrant gets a little bit tough for me. Iowa State and Pittsburgh in the six eleven. Xavier Kennesaw State in the 314. Shout out Charlie Byers. He's a Kennesaw State guy. I was actually driving home from the McDonald's All-American game back when I was working in Lexington. Was down there covering Tyler Hero, Emmanuel Quickly, and uh, Kelton Johnson was down there too. And on my way back, stopped at a Chick-fil-A. And who other than Chuck Byers? I knew he played college ball in Kennesaw, but didn't even know he lived there. What a small world. It small world. I happen to stop in Kennesaw on the way home from Atlanta and run into Chuck Byers in a Chick-fil-A. So, Byers, if you're listening, shout out. Xavier takes your team down. Sorry about it. Iowa State-Pittsburgh. I don't love Iowa State, but I'll take them. And then in that game against Xavier, I'm going to take them as well just because of the matchup. I think they're physical, and Xavier without Fremantle, that's that's a tough matchup. However, if Xavier wins that game, they could be a problem. 7 10, Texas AM, Penn State. I'm sure a lot of folks out there are going to take Penn State. This is scary here. I'm not only taking AM to beat Penn State, I'm taking AM all the way to the Final Four. AM's hot. AM would be a three seed right now. They really would. AM, and hear me out, if it wasn't for that non conference, they'd be a three seed. They've been outstanding. One of the hottest teams in the country. The only team that's been able to beat them late is Alabama, and here's why I like them over Texas because they don't have to play Texas. Whoa, Colgate's 19 and one since Christmas. Make it 20 and one. The Raiders shoot 40 percent from deep. Dangerous teams in March, as I said, they have a trait—they can shoot. They lose to A&M though, so yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be using your Colgate toothpaste one night, and it's back to Crest after the Raiders bow out to the Aggies. The Aggies then defeat Iowa State and Houston to make a run of the Final Four. Don't call it an upset now. Aggies should be a three seed. Xavier's the dark horse in this all, though. I can't pick them for obvious reasons that the loyal listeners know. Go Bearcats. Beat Hofstra. But if the Muskies get AM, I could see them defeating AM. I could see them defeating AM. And then if that's the case, Houston would be my live bet to go to the Final Four. Either way, Houston, Texas A&M, I don't think you can go wrong either way, but I'm going to get gutsy. Why not? You only live once. We'll go with uh, A&M over Houston to get to the Final Four. Final region, the West, Illinois, they're sneaky. Five wins over the top 25 this year. They can also lose to anyone. I'll take them to beat the Bus and the Hogs. I-, I don't know. I could see them beating Kansas, but you are what your record says you are and Illinois has been super inconsistent throughout the year, so I'm going to take the more consistent team. Let's go with Kansas. St. Mary's beats VCU. I know that'll be a popular upset pick, and I like VCU. I just think St. Mary's is a really good team. They're great defensively, and they win this game in the 50s or low 60s. I'd hit the under in that one. It's about 122, I believe. UConn then goes to the Sweet 16. They have too much for St. Mary's. Kansas lacks interior D. That's where I think UConn can take advantage in this matchup and win the game over the Jayhawks. Pick the Jayhawks last year. Don't have it in me. Again, sweet 16 loss to the Huskies. That will be a great game if it happens. TCU over Arizona State. Gonzaga routes Grand Canyon. Oh, We have an opportunity to fade the Mountain West. We're going to take it. Northwestern beats Boise State, then falls to UCLA. I will say, though, I'm not worried at all about Northwestern against UCLA because that's a matchup that falls right into UCLA's hands. They both are good at the same things. UCLA just has better players. So we're taking uh, UCLA in that one. Though, UNC Asheville could be sneaky in that first round as a 15. I know I sound like Seth Davis here. Every bracket comes out. And he he sees, how that team could be dangerous. Oral Roberts can be dangerous. Oh, Lehigh, who's not even in the tournament, can be dangerous. Every team is dangerous, per Seth Davis, it seems like. Um, And I think he probably said that about UNC Asheville. But listen, they can shoot it. They have a player named Drew Pember that averages 21. Those are the types of players and teams that can go Oral Roberts or Davidson on you and win a few games to where you're like, what just happened? We saw it last year with the the Peacocks advancing to the Elite Eight. I do think UCLA keeps them in check, though. UCLA advances to the Sweet 16. Who else do we have in this one? So it's UCLA-Gonzaga. We'll go with the Zags. Zags over the Huskies. It's Zags A&M in the Final Four. We got Gonzaga. It's Arizona-Marquette in the Final Four. We got Arizona-Gonzaga over arizona I think everyone is really undervaluing the the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Three seed that I think could beat any one seed out there. The best player in the country, arguably, and Drew Timmy. They score the basketball. They're efficient. They're senior laden. They're smart. They're battle-tested. Mark Few is due. Last year, everyone thought Chet and company were going to get it done. They fizzled out in the tournament. I think they're a safe pick. I like their bracket. I think they're a safe pick to where even if they lost in the Final Four or lost in the Elite Eight to, let's say, Kansas, you'd feel a lot better taking Gonzaga, in my opinion, than a team like Purdue, who originally I loved. Then I looked at that matchup against Memphis and said, eh. Then I looked at that matchup against Duke and said, eh. Then I looked at that matchup against Michigan or uh, Marquette or Kentucky and said, eh. Or Kansas State, eh. I'm not making that noise anymore. I will say, though, this bracket show, We love the Zags. I mean, they got to get it done eventually. I I remember Houdini picked them about three straight years. I've picked them a couple years. But uh, it's a team that people are sleeping on. I think Alabama's the popular pick. I think Purdue is somewhat of a popular pick. Houston, definitely a popular pick. Those are the three teams that everyone's going to be taking. I like being the outsider here, going with a pick that I find value in. That's the three-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs who just rolled St. Mary's and have looked really good in recent weeks, have a great team, have a great coach, can defend a little bit, but are really good at scoring the basketball, and that's a team with the matchups they have that really scares me in March. Arizona-Gonzaga in that title game, if it happens, though, man, that would be an incredible basketball game. All right, I wanted to get this podcast under 30 minutes so you could uh, listen before these games start, I know I got the podcast out late and it'll be dated eventually, but hopefully you can get this full thirty minute listen in while you're at the while you're on the john at work, while you're in the car on the way to work, or just uh, hanging out using one of your sick days because it's March uh, what is it March sixteenth and that's when the tournament starts and it's exciting! It's exciting, folks. Get up, start. Start fist bumping the top of your car, the interior. Boop, boop. Yeah, the music's going, folks. Also, the back's back to life. I know I told some of the, the faithful out there on Instagram that I had to do a sports cast. Listen to this. I had the bad back, very bad back. I was just walking around at home, thought nothing of it. Feeding my dogs, doing laundry, nothing strenuous, and all of a sudden, the back spasms. That kicked in. I was on the ground in a fetal position, could not move, debilitating. I feel for you. If you had, if you got back pain out there, man, it was uh, it was rough. I was on the ground, I couldn't move. It was it was late Pacific time. It was like 9:30, so 12:30 Eastern time. Called my brother as a life alert. He didn't answer, of course. I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't walk. I, I went up there and had a gutsy performance delivering the warriors highlights and the news to the faithful in San Francisco. And you know what I just did? I delivered a gutsy bracket in under 30 minutes. Enjoy your day. The slipper still fits.